0: Well, hello, broads. You know that I had to hop on this episode beforehand to do a little bit of housekeeping uh, because this episode is pre recorded. We go back to our regularly scheduled program on Tuesday. Um, but in the meantime, I have to say, first and foremost, stop whatever you're doing. And if you have not done so, please, please register to vote. Uh, it is so important, it is so imperative. And we have a link to help you register to vote if you have not in the episode notes. In fact, we also have a link so that you can double check to make sure you actually are registered to vote in the episode notes as well. Um, Many election seasons ago, I was convinced that I was registered to vote. And in fact, the day of came and I was disappointed slash devastated in myself to find out that in fact I actually was not registered to vote. But we are learning out here, we are growing, and we are quadruple checking <laughs> to make sure we are registered to vote. In fact, the link that I put in the episode notes, I think I've checked about 75 times now through that link to make sure I am registered. Um, so you can join me in quadruple check and let us be voting broads. Let us be ballot broads out here. Okay. It is so important. We'll hashtag ballot broad together. Um, And speaking of voting, I know that we mentioned a few podcasts ago, uh, if you would like to nominate us for the E People's Choice podcast awards. um, Obviously, that would mean so much. But turns out after we told you about it, they took down the nominations for a hot minute, but said that they would be back up again on October 1st. I'm not 100 percent clear about what that's exactly going to look like but today is october 1st so if um that is true and if the links are live we will be putting it in or putting it on our chatty broads instagram um and if you feel inclined to vote for us that would mean so much um i know beck and i were joking a few episodes ago we're like we're so competitive and we haven't gotten nominated for anything um but a couple days ago we were on the phone and we were just talking about how, it's like, you know what? Even if we don't get nominated for anything ever, we are both very confident that we have a community, the hashtag Broad Squad, that is one of the most tight-knit podcast communities amongst yourselves. Like the hashtag Broad Supporting Broads that we're seeing on a daily basis and the relationships that are formed and just a group of people who are growing and active and I don't know, just a powerful group of people. And we're forever in awe and grateful and so thankful for that. So even if we're never nominated for anything, we feel like we've already won because of all of you. And that is my emotional mom speech, (laughs) Wow, she's emo today, kids. She's an emotional broad today. Oh, Lord. Anyways, love you all very much. Grateful for you all. Um, Last, last bit of housekeeping here. Um, In like a week and a half, The Bachelorette is starting. Can you believe? October 13th, the first episode of The Bachelorette is airing. We cannot wait to start these recaps again, Um, but as you probably know, the 13th of October is a Tuesday, so instead of getting these episodes on Mondays, we will be watching them on Tuesdays, which means that the recaps will be coming out on Wednesdays instead. So, our episode drop schedule will change somewhat. Instead of us dropping episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we will be dropping episodes on Wednesdays and Fridays. Um, I'm so sorry, I know that's probably annoying, and it trust me it's like going to be all weird in our brains for our schedule too and we're like what are we going to do this has been like this has just been how it is for so long but abc is deciding to give us the bachelorette on tuesdays so the recaps are coming wednesdays so wednesdays and fridays uh will be the new schedule that's not going to start next week that's going to be the following week the first week that the bachelorette airs don't worry we'll keep reminding you all in the chatty broads or on the chatty broads instagram but just wanted to give you all a heads up to prepare yourselves mind body and soul so without further ado i'm gonna stop talking and we're gonna chat with who you came here to listen to rob bell and his son trace bell enjoy broads
1: and welcome to another episode of chatty broads with becca and Jess.
2: Hello broads. Hello. What is going on, B? Happy Thursday. Time stamping. Again, we're recording this on September twenty first. Yes, and it's not coming be released- out. Yeah, next week. October? No. It'll be oh yeah, like October second. Or is it the thirty first? Thirty days has September nope, <sighs> yep, it'll be October first. Weird. We've yeah. been time
0: stamping because things have been happening so happening so quickly in this
2: world that we don't want you to think that we're ignoring any
0: problems that are currently going yes, on. We're
2: trying to cover our asses basically <laughs> to make just sure in that we're case people okay. like, "Oh, could you not mention blah blah blah?" Um, it didn't happen. It didn't yet. happen yet. It's the future. Um, but speaking <laughs> of the future, we're
0: going. We're going to have a conversation about something bigger, brighter than what's going on. And for that to happen, we needed to bring back. Rob Bell. Yeah, I can't believe it's already almost Seriously. been over a year. So good to be back. Oh, so nice we to see you. I got
3: greeted by the dog. Oh, I see you yes. all. We catch up. It's just everything. It's, it's weird.
0: In-person in, in person moments. It just doesn't happen very often <laughs> anymore. <laughs> special.
2: I know. Right. I was going to say, we're also g- joined by Rob Bell's son. Yeah, This was in Trace yes. actually. Yes. Yeah. Just misunderstood.
3: Trace Bell. Robert Holmes Bell third. Spanish this a for a three is
1: yeah. Trace.
0: So, Trace. I read that in the book. Yep. So, but it's yeah, the American yeah. version.
1: So, it's T-R-A-C-E. So, it's...
0: Well, yeah, this was impromptu. Yeah. So basically, just misunderstood and
1: thought. Or or wasn't impromptu, or was this kind of secretly planned? I think that this is like, probably
0: all a destiny exactly, situation, yeah. and that's fine, and yeah. that works out. Because I thought that we were on like a, oh, we're going to have like a family. Rob just put out a very personal book. We'll have like a familial conversation. And then
2: we come um, in and Rob's like, he's n- what? He's not joining He was just joined us for the podcast. <laughs> oh, great. But we know. said I bring t- to I the
1: think, table. I think spirit works in mysterious ways. So I think. Uh, I, think yeah. I think everything is related. <laughs> spirit is working. But,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, how have you been in all of this? Let's just start there. How's there are, your year been? There yeah. are five
3: of us in our family. We've been in our house for six months now. Okay. Go out for groceries once or twice a week. Okay. You know, try to do all the right things.
0: Where, are you?
2: Where do you guys live? Here. Are you in LA proper?
3: Uh, West Hollywood.
2: Oh, yeah. So
3: like Fairfax District. Oh,
2: yep. You're in the- So the looting
3: the- came like eight doors from our house.
2: Whoa. Really?
3: Yeah. And everything like on Melrose there is all pretty much boarded up. Oh my God. no! it's been completely surreal. It's wow. like yeah. the great upheaval.
2: I moved to Long Beach and even that difference with coronavirus has been- kind of night and day like you know when everyone was going to trader joe's and sending pics of all the empty shelves we didn't quite have the same situation so it's kind of interesting the difference even like you know right. 15 to 20 miles just can a make. few miles
4: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah no, know it's been interesting even just hearing from
2: our listeners
0: when we when all of this first started and being like is this going on with you and like some people it's like i don't know
2: what you're talking about and some people are like in the heat of it over in montana right. you know they're out right. there yeah. Local bar. Everyone's hanging out. <laughs> right. Things are good. Life is good. <laughs> I have this friend who's an low.
3: emergency room doctor. So and in he's the emergency room in Seattle that was like the epicenter of the whole thing. Oh, so god. right when it first was like, Hey, there's this thing coming, he would send emails like, Yeah, I watched some somebody died and their partner had to watch them through a glass wall. He was like
4: Oh
2: god. Just oh, sort of god. telling
3: me like what it's this really is like. So from the get go, I was like, Oh, this is so real. Yeah. This is not like a hoax. This is like um it was just so fascinating to, from the get go to have somebody wow. like a doctor in being the like this thing it. is like really really bad. Yeah. If you don't take it seriously, even if people don't die from it, what happens to them? Like how much pain it puts a, it puts a person in.
0: Yeah. That's Jeez. we had a, a a good friend of ours who has been on the podcast a bunch who ended up getting it like right at the top. So um and was in the emergency room for or the ICU for like two weeks and he that's was really. healthy before and young. Yeah. So it was kind of like this, you know, it hit and it was serious business.
3: So as soon as you know somebody, you've talked to somebody, then that entire world of like fuzzy, I don't know, is it real? Is that you're like, sure,
1: no, totally <laughs> <Yeah>. real, <laughs> yeah. totally serious. Trust, yeah, Going to like wreck so many things for so long, if it's not taken seriously. Yeah. You can yeah. tell people that haven't actually, like don't know anyone that's actually experienced it because yeah. they just are like they just, it's like some, it exists as like some abstract kind of like oh, yeah. thing out there. But when you actually know someone, like... The boogeyman. Like,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it is very different people who've gotten in now versus like in March, just because of the things that they know to do or not to do yeah. now than they did six months ago. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: Um. Well, with all the current things going on, I have to say, Rob, you have a new book out called Everything is Spiritual. And I'm wondering... What like? Did you have some sort of premonition about what was going to be going on? Because I felt like reading it. I was like, this seems like an appropriate book for 2020.
3: Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So many people have said that.
0: I felt like I was reading it. I'm like, there's no way that you didn't write this about a month ago and then just <laughs> put it out.
1: Isn't that strange? Yeah. It's because the, the message of the book is timeless, I think. The lessons we, in there
3: Yeah, at some level it's timeless and at some level I'm trying to introduce people to ancient wisdom about spirit that's lurking in the mess. Mm. So, there's this divine creative animating energy that's present in all the dark waters in the upheaval and the disruption and the chaos and the disorientation, and out of it comes new creation. That's like an ancient pattern. So, go back through your life for all the moments when it all broke your heart and fell apart and then, trace all the new things that came out of that, something ended, which means something new had to be birthed. Mm-hmm. so it's actually a very individual truth, but then the collective, political is always just a larger expression of the individual, so everybody right now is going through this upheaval, yeah, so it's not going to go back to how it was, so it's like orientation, disorientation, and then reorientation it's actually an ancient pattern so when everybody starts right now freaking out are we going to be okay with, we're in the midst of yeah of course heartbreak of course, of course rising death toll disclaimer but yeah now is when you keep your eyes open mm-hmm. education healthcare politics um, how we think about our neighbor all of this it's all a giant invitation to like rethink all of it
2: it's what we've been talking about. That's yeah, what I'm you guys been, been talking about. Yeah. I'm obsessed with this book. I won't even go into it right now. <laughs> and I talk about it every goddamn episode. <laughs> but <laughs> it's about what you're saying. It's like these patterns that have happened throughout history, and it's like, yeah, you know, you have things have to fall apart, like so that they can be built back yeah. up. Like that has to come at some point,
3: absolutely,
2: and like, on a consistent basis. For there to be
3: a new creation, there has to be some sort of disruption of the present
0: mm-hmm.
3: creation.
4: Yeah.
0: And it's funny because I feel like, especially at the top of all of this, like my my immediate reaction is like, I cover my eyes and like I go in my hole and I'm like, it doesn't exist. And I mean, I think if it wasn't for the podcast when you're having to like, you know, keep up with everything that's going on like news wise I would just be keeping my eyes closed but then when you're saying this is when you have to be watching yeah it feels so important because as each day passes and there is something painful there's been also this kind of spark of like but what does then this mean and that was one of the things with the book that I kept taking away that it was like there is like what does this mean afterwards instead of just letting it be this like death or negative right. space
3: yeah there's there's something else lurking here I remember that first day when everything got shut down and Trace and I went and got groceries I remember that feeling like oh. all right okay for the weekend we're supposed to stay inside mm-hmm. got it we got enough food for the weekend we can do this yeah. <laughs> there's like no toilet paper
4: yeah. yeah and like, you
3: see your first a movie? empty shelf mm-hmm. and y- you okay and then this will be passed and then we'll go back and everybody there were, the language was we'll go back to normal and then, ever so gradually, you begin to realize, oh, we're not going back to a normal, we're going into some other thing that we haven't been to before. And then you could see it shift into then, like you see the sort of the spiritual malaise of panic, terror. What is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is always. I, and keep your eyes open. You feel it. You give it expression, but you also keep your eyes open.
2: Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny people's responses too. Like that, I was cracking up seeing people. Grabbing gallons of water. And I'm like, what do you think coronavirus is going to like shut off? Are we going to shut off the power and water in the cities? Like, what do you think is happening here? People are like, you know, but yeah. you, we all go to right. this place of like right. Armageddon, right? Mm-hmm. The apocalypse. <laughs> it's ending. It's Irrational over.
1: stockpiling. Yes. Whatever it is, just get a big pile of it and then you'll be okay. And yeah.
2: then you're fine.
0: And then you're fine.
1: <laughs> and I think i think there's been a morning, this coronavirus, the, the morning of. What was what we thought was normal. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people are kind of that, like, well, when, when are things gonna get back to normal? I think a lot of people, they're, they're it, that's almost like a like a they're in denial a little bit, like, oh, things actually can go back to normal. But there's actually like a mourning process mm-hmm. about what actually was normal. Like, it actually forces us to actually look at what do we consider normal and is. Yeah it's, it's, it's dying, you know, there's, there's, it's an old creation that's that's dying in front of us. So we're actually going to, we're going to build a new normal because that old creation, that new creation are linked the, well, when the new creation has to have the death of old creation. Well, um, yeah. yeah. And
2: there's also this, I, I think, um, like we idolize what used to be the old normal mm-hmm. and sort of don't really unpack, like you're saying, the thi- like what was normal, mm-hmm. what do we think was normal before. And you look at like other countries, I mean, we're just talking about the coronavirus right now. You look at other countries, like it's normal in China to like wear a mask when you're like in an airport Mm -hmm. because you're exposed to a bunch of diseases, a bunch of gross things that people are passing around. And that's like not normal in the US and that's crazy. So it's like maybe some of these things we should take forward because that's like good. And maybe the way we used to do things as normal wasn't great. Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: the irony being, too, is that it was, like, 2019. Everyone was like, it was the worst year ever, 2020. And now everyone's just like, but what about
2: 2019? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back there. It's I like, don't even well, remember why people said 2019 was bad. I don't remember Yeah, either. I was going to say,
1: well, why was, was 2019 bad?
2: <laughs> I, I don't remember, but I remember that was
0: just everywhere. It was, like, 2020, it's going to be my year by 2019. And it's just,
1: like,
2: come Psych. March, everyone's yeah. like, no. like yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, okay, well, Rob... This book, Everything is Spiritual, very personal. Yeah. Um, and I feel like definitely in like your past books, they've had personal elements, absolutely. But this is like
4: very
2: yeah.
0: personal. Why Why did that shift?
2: This was also really similar to your talk that we attended last
0: year. I can't remember what the title of yes. it was. We went, we, your like one time talk at the Largo.
3: Wait, did you go see Son of a Judge? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, that like, yeah, tear- just, yeah, everybody just in tears. Yeah, it
0: was very <laughs> but emotional. I felt, I felt like
2: it was. This was really like similar to that. I, yeah. even some of the stories were. were Guess the book same. I was writing
3: when I did that show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that I wonder. I wondered about that because yeah. like a lot of the themes felt like they were born out of that.
3: Yeah, yeah. Because um, I started out, I always found the big questions and big mysteries fascinating. The world that I came from. Well, then you then go be a, then you'd be a pastor. Mm-hmm. So I did that because every group, family, tribe, subculture, it has like its path. Well, then here's how you would do that. Mm -hmm. So I did that. Um, And so you study and you reflect on things and you give sermons and then I wrote books. But uh, I found myself like, where did these ideas come from? Because I, I sort of came from a world that valued intellectual rigor. So there's the idea, there's the truth almost like capital T that exists sort of detached mm-hmm. from time and space. And then the people who are in or the people who are orthodox or correct. All agree to the same stuff. And those people over there don't agree to that. So, um, but I was like, where did these ideas like, when did I stumble across all of this that shaped me? Mm-hmm. And instead of the story being an illustration of the truth is the truth, this isn't an abstract thing we're doing here. So it became like, well, what was it like when I first came across that? But to write about that, like when I'm seven, when I'm 11, when I'm 19, meant then you have to write about it like when you were 19. So, so capture what it felt like, as opposed to the detached person who gets it all.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Look at the, write about it with a certain innocence, Mm -hmm. what was it like to keep going what was it like so the story the book is many ways is just things not going like things not working that well (laughs) like a series of embarrassing incidents um and i remember like there's a i remember typing the line at one point i felt so much shame and being like that's not a rob bell sentence there's no like fireworks in that Mm. it's just what a boring sentence but but that's the only just tell the story just tell what it was like. Do you know what I mean? It was like recovering. It was like this exercise in owning every square inch of my story. Just own it all. All the, all the awkward, all the falling down a flight of stairs, all the misunderstand. Just own every square inch of it. So that's almost like a feeling mm-hmm. more than an idea. So I, that's my hope is that people
0: pick that up. Hmm. Well, the shame, the shame part was uh, is underlined currently in this book, (laughs) that whole paragraph is underlined because, um, you know, obviously if you're listening and didn't listen to a Rob Bell episode before you should, um, but you were a pastor and in this book, you're talking about how that started off. It was an art form for you. Yeah, still is. Still is.
2: Yeah. Maybe you could actually briefly talk about your background and all of that, because I know not everyone listening now has even heard the first episode or even knows who you are. So maybe you can do a little bit of that.
4: Yeah.
3: I was in a band in college. We thought we were going to be the next REM. (laughs) That dates it properly. Midnight Oil, (laughs) Violent Femmes, and Red Hot Chili Peppers. And the band broke up and I had no idea what I was going to do. And uh, my parents had taken us to church growing up. So I But I always felt like when when they would take us to church, like, wait, wait, this should be so much better. This is the juice, the mojo. This is the questions. What are we doing here? Like, these are the big questions. Why is this gathering so lame? (laughs) But I always did find the Jesus stories really compelling. Mm -hmm. The nonviolence. And whenever there's a group of people who are the in people who have pushed somebody to the outside, he always goes to the person who's been pushed to the outside. There was something in those stories that I found so profound and inspiring but then the whole sort of system was like what it was like people in sweater vests with acoustic guitar it was just like what what is this Um, so I think something happened my senior year of college I'm gonna go study that stuff and do it like differently there's gotta be a way to do this that makes it as interesting as all the stuff we all talk about when we're with our friends like what kind of universe is it and how do you figure out who you are and how do you forgive people who have wronged you like all the stuff we actually all want help on sure (laughs) yeah so i went to seminary and did all that and studied um and then got a job in a church and then after a while i was like there's got to be still i was like there's got to be a better way so my wife kristen and i we started a church and it was almost like a giant art project it was literally like how do you want to do it um and tons of people came like tons of people yeah so suddenly we're like 29 there's like ten thousand people there's like eighty. How
2: did that happened? Just like word of mouth.
3: Yeah, because someone someone rented a sign to put out front of this building. Someone let us use. And I was like, no, you have to take away the sign. Mm-mm, you have to you have to like n- want it really bad because I had all these like almost like punk rock instincts. Right, right, right. I was like, Let's stop taking. You're like, an this
0: offering. is like the Soho House this of churches. Is, this is yeah. underground. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, was, it was
1: super punk rock in yeah. in the area because I was West Michigan. So like this the was church in was West like, Michigan. You gotta know someone so wow. to get So there in. were so yeah. many. Yeah.
3: People would just, there were like these massive traffic jams. So I remember, I remember deciding not to take an offering because I was like, the, the whole money and religion from so many people is like gross. Right. So I was like, okay, first off, let's give a good chunk of the offerings away, just off the top. Secondly, there was this welder who's like, I could make some big iron boxes and just put them in the back. I was like, Excellent. Just put. We'll just put some huge boxes, like like boxes, in the back that you can't just carry just, away. Then, if you want to give money, you can.
4: Right. But so there's not all the, the all the
3: ideas where you're like, "What if it was just about asking questions?" And then I would do these sermons, which were from the Bible, but the Bible as uh, an anti empire, real people in real places at real times, humans wrestling with all the same stuff we're wrestling with. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was like. It was this energy it was like this had like this communal yeah it was like electric Mm -hmm. so i did that for a number of years and then you got to keep going you got to like keep exploring you got to so one of the things about having a church is it's almost like it's a temple so you come in out of the world into the temple but that's not the point the whole thing is a temple all of life is holy so at some point you're running this large spiritual enterprise but you're spending so much of your time going this isn't the point the point is you're washing dishes you're with your partner you're with your kid and that's the top of the mountain that's the sacred that's the holy in everyday life so that it's not actually leaving your normal life and going to some place it's having your eyes open to the presence in all of life and okay. so then I go, well then let's go farther. And then and then Oprah gave me a TV show, so I did that, and then I casual kept touring and then <laughs> more books and then so it's just been great. It's been so much fun. Yeah.
0: All right, broads. I love, love life hacks. Like anything that makes life easier, more efficient, and more seamless. Sign me the hell up. Which is why when I finally realized that grocery shopping in person isn't the only option anymore. Thanks to Thrive Market. I was absolutely thrilled. Thrive Market has totally changed the way that I shop for my family's food, beauty, and home products. And I have no plans to return to in-person shopping anytime
2: soon. Thrive Market is the online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. I do the bulk of my shopping on Thrive Market since becoming a member. And not only does it save me a ton of time it also saves me money. And in my first order alone, I saved enough money to cover the membership. So if you have picky eaters or specific dietary restrictions, this is perfect for you. Thrive Market uh, makes it easy to shop for over 70 diets and values like keto, gluten-free, vegan, and so many more. And it's never been easier to find food that fits your life and lifestyle.
0: I think the thing that blows me away about Thrive Market the most is that they carry the same products that you would find in other healthy, high-end grocery stores. But with the membership, you can save so much on these products. Like I don't even understand how they do that. It's amazing, a miracle. Uh, I've been loving their clean uh, cleaning products lately and also getting all the snacks from them, the smart sweets I've been just having so many uh thrive market is good for you and the planet as well orders of 49 dollars or more are shipped for free and delivered with carbon neutral shipping from their zero waste warehouses and when you join you give back through thrive uh through thrive gives their one uh one for one membership matching program every paid membership sponsors a free one for a low income family which is so amazing and in addition to membership matching thrive market has raised over one million dollar to date through their COVID-19 Relief Fund. We love Thrive. They're so amazing. Yes, we do love them.
2: And I love the programs that they have. They're awesome. So So just go to thrivemarket.com slash chatty and join today and you'll get a free gift of your choosing up to $24 in value. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash chatty. And that's where you can start your risk-free membership and you're going to get a free gift today. That's thrivemarket.com slash chatty.
0: Another thing to think about, is there any better feeling than arriving home to a package you forgot you were getting in the mail? It gives me genuine excitement. It's like a gift to me from past me. So fun. Um, and you know, you know my favorite box to come home to is uh, FabFitFun. Oh, it's been a while
2: since we sang that. It feels good. It's been, it's <laughs> been way too long. Um, so if you've never ordered a FabFitFun box before, here is the deal. Each season, you're going to get a box delivered right to your door, valued at over $200 for only $49.99. And in the box, you'll get a variety, a full-size premium wellness, beauty and home products curated just for bad fit fun members. And I swear I found some of my favorite skincare products from the boxes among other favorite items. The selections are seriously so good.
0: They're so good. I think I'm maybe on my millionth box right now, and I'm still just as obsessed as when I had first started getting their boxes because each season is curated so differently. I always feel like I find a new favorite in every box. And right now their members pick box is on sale, which is basically a box of top rated, most coveted picks by their members over the past few seasons. And I don't want to give too much away because one of the best parts is being surprised as you open your box. But Let's just say there's a pair of fur-trimmed slippers in this box that I don't anticipate taking off all winter long. They are the coziest things I've ever seen, and I'm ready to get my fall and winter on. Ugh, I love FabFitFun so much. There's just too many good things to even start talking about. It's endless. Endless.
2: Oh, great. So it's time to customize your box for the fall season. You can sign up today, and you'll receive your first box in a community of over 1 million who are already obsessed. Just use coupon code chatty for ten dollars off your first box at fabfitfun.com. Code chatty, ten dollars off your first box at fabfitfun.com.
0: When <laughs> you had the, the shift, I'm curious. He, Trace grew That's up. That's what this. I was gonna say. Church, when yeah. what was that what was that like? Like how old when the church blew up? How old were you?
1: I think I, I just remember it there
4: all the
0: time.
3: Was he it, was born in ninety eight and we started the church in ninety-nine.
1: Yeah. I always had a weird relationship with the church though. Yeah. I um could it, do me a
0: favor, get a little closer. Yeah, okay, here we go. Here.
1: How's this? How's this? <laughs> Good. Um, I, I I didn't never, I was so indifferent towards it all the time. Like it, organized religion was never interesting to me, but I wasn't like one of those people that's like, oh, this is so stupid. I hate this. But I also didn't, I didn't connect with it and I didn't really love it either. So I was kind of had this like weird middle ground. Like I was kind of like indifferent towards it. I remember sitting in service and being like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling. Like I don't, I don't get this. Um, It wasn't till, I actually understood later in my life what religion was actually intended to do, which was the, the experience of spirit that then religion became interesting to me and not because, Oh, I, not, I don't want to go back and uh, kind of immerse myself in this religion. I more now respect religion for now seeing what it was intended to do. And that's why I actually, that's the, my favorite part about the, his book is that he, from a, from a, pastor's perspective he kind of shows you his he shows you his spiritual journey and he shows you he acknowledges the 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 what religion is intended to do Mm because he was he was interested in religion because he was interested in an experience the experience of spirit but then he also shows how there's certain limitations of religion that actually can prevent that experience Mm -hmm. so the actual the dogma and the rules and the and the, the 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 kind of framework that religion was supposed to have help people experience spirit can actually be the one thing that gets in the way of experience spirit um, so once I understood religion as an experience of spirit and once I actually experienced spirit myself, then religion became interesting to me. But it then cleared up why it wasn't interesting to me when I was a kid, because it wasn't I that wasn't where I didn't experience spirit through religion. Mm-hmm. So I was like I actually how I experienced this this beautiful thing that pervades all of life. It, it wasn't through church services. It wasn't sitting through church services. So I had this like intuitive kind of like indifference towards it. Did you feel? Get-go.
2: Did you feel comfortable expressing that to um, your parents, or like was that something you were aware of at the we time? We didn't really.
1: Ta- he was. I don't. I never felt like a connection to the church. So like I don't remember us ever talking about. Um, oh, I do. You, <laughs> you, he probably knew though. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. See,
3: he was an old. He was like an old soul. Mm. Yeah. It's so, like at a young age, you could see that trace like could see the playing field if that makes sense mm-hmm. he just wasn't playing the game other eight or nine-year-old or 11-year-olds where he could totally had friends and could t- but i also there was always like a knowing with him um so i re- i remember you like we would be dr- then we put no religious pressure whatsoever yeah that was the thing okay was, that, there, was, there, was there was no zero no ever
0: yeah. wow so so no, not
1: you don't want to go to church fine
0: So pastor, son, there was
1: no... I I never considered myself a Christian. I don't think there was ever a point in my life where I was a Christian. Because I was was just... Because Kristen and
3: I were like, then you're just giving a kid a ton of stuff they're going to have to unlearn later. So just they're going (laughs) to have their
1: own path. Because they didn't pressure me, I also didn't rebel against it later. You see how then I actually was able to acknowledge it and not there wasn't this like tension because some parents push... Things on their children and then there's this, the children obviously want to like rebel and react but there was no pressure on it so, <laughs> so hi hello nice so, to so, meet you <laughs> this is just a parental lesson though because they never pressured it on me there yeah. was never any like uh subsequent kind of reaction to that it mm-hmm. was just like letting me be as i am and letting me feel how i wanted to feel about it yeah. and then later now i have an appreciation for it now i have a, a love for what it was originally intended to do sure
2: cuz when you're say, talking about people who are like oh this is stupid i don't want to have anything to do with it a lot of times that's operating from a place of
1: like trauma or a place where
2: like uh-huh, that did right. it,
1: it was pushed on them yeah, yeah or there, maybe they a, had
2: like a bad experience or they were invalidated yeah, for whatever because yeah. of the church there
1: was a certain intensity into the the pressure that was that put was negative, on them yeah. that then then there's an intensity about how they're against it now. Yeah. see the intensity. But if you don't, if you just let your kids be, then they'll they'll stumble on the truth their own way and they'll find their own path.
2: Was that a conversation you and your wife had before having kids? Or how did you get to that point?
1: I think we just always
3: saw saw it that way. It doesn't work to to force the thing on a kid. It just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're watching you anyway. They're watching you in traffic. They're watching you handle money. They like... (laughs) They, like, know whether it works for you or not. So, your whole thing, like, they're watching you. You either have, like, joy and peace, and life is actually, like, a good thing. Right. And Kristen and I had the sense when we got married that the whole thing is an adventure you get to go on, and that we had found each other. So, we just saw it, like, this is what we're doing. Um, We had noticed people, especially people in, like, pastor world, who were like, I know you can't have any toys for Christmas, but it's because we're like, it was like this, <laughs> yeah. we're sacrificing for this thing. Yeah. And the kid's like, I, I didn't sign up.
1: So yeah. we just saw
3: it, And we didn't have that feeling at all. We didn't feel like we were missing out on anything with our life. Um, just in the sense of like, this is what we want to do. We want to help people like this. Mm-hmm. Of course we'll be taken care of. Um, but we also just had this sense like the kid doesn't sign up for any of that mm. stuff. Even the, the mythology or the stories that get told about it the kid just wants to be a kid so we were like let's just have a great life and i do trace had this like wisdom so he i remember we would talk about i remember like when we started touring um i mean he would be around on stuff or when we were shooting those short films i remember he would be like dad that's, that's good that was interesting i mean he would say we would interact
1: like adults about the work. Mm-hmm. Do you remember any of that? I could, see, I could see what he, I could always see what my dad was doing. Like even, even before I really understood it, I could always like see what he you was kind the, of con- the connecting to. Was, it. Yeah. yeah. Even if I didn't fully like grasp exactly what he was doing, I could always see where he was going with it. Um, mm. So, so that, I, yeah. 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 That's, that's what I remember about him is like, he'd
3: be like, yeah, that, that was cool. Um, or we would talk. You know what I mean? You like get the he,
4: approval. You
2: like get, he, get the trace no, no. Approval. Like like a
3: yeah. Like your son is your big brother. Right. The barometer of like well done. <laughs> yeah. I could see that he could see like the larger playing field and what it was and how it helped people. He just could. He just wasn't caught
1: up in any of the other stuff.
2: I'm <laughs> very curious about this. Just you know because Have we're we raising about our own this, children.
1: Like this? I think, yeah, between the two of us, I think we have. We yeah, right.
2: I'm curious to hear both of your perspectives. No, I'm saying like an interview.
1: We've never done an interview about any of this. No. Isn't that funny?
2: I like we'll it. Prepare for more questions. So good. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about um, how you imparted or if you imparted a sense of like objective truth to your children or if that was a thing that happened when ch- kids start asking big questions, like what happens when I die? Where did we come from? You know, did you impart your beliefs in that sense or did you leave it sort of up to them to choose their own way because i'm always curious about this because sometimes kids need a sense of security that they're like parents know what's happening and what's going yeah, on right so okay. how did you how did you get like, those and-
0: questions lately my daughter's been asking me every day like what happens when we die like you know all those fun fun questions i mean like a th- is like there just, god i mean like a
3: three-year-old well you know timmy mm-hmm. It's just an existential free-for-all. <laughs> Uncertainty is baked into the whole thing. Your soul will shrink and shrivel yeah. into a small pile of eternal bacon given the flames you're going to endure. Right, there's, there's a whole world like, of things. You're not just, you're, you're going to meet the kid yes. with, mom and I are here, we yes. love you. Yes, it's People have been talking about these things for thousands of years. These are all, I just always saw the questions, and as opposed to the questions need to be answered, the questions are welcome to all of the most interesting stuff we've humans have been discovering
2: mm-hmm. and discussing, you'll never know. So it's like <laughs> none of us ever will.
1: <laughs> I, what I, do think, you mar- I think I think you need to celebrate that curiosity. If your yeah. if your yes. kid is, if your kid is asking deep metaphysical questions instead of yeah. focusing too much on trying to answer them and what, what's an answer I can give them they can actually have them uh, have them appreciate that the fact that they're even asking those questions because mm-hmm. those are really important because those are those are showing you a deep intuitive. That's a that's a curiosity that's very important for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, really maybe, beautiful
2: maybe I should ask this what did you grow up believing just because I can so clearly remember what was imparted to me you know yeah. like yeah. Jesus died in the cross he goes to live in your heart and do you, he does that when you ask him to come into your heart you know so we're all not a moment a earlier no. yes yeah. yes, and you have to say <laughs> it verbally and like all these different things mm-hmm. are like I know exactly what I left thought left behind books second of the bible
3: yeah you know oh, I'm sorry
1: both of you I'm oh, sorry yeah. okay we're good now I don't know why I would be a part I'm, I'm sorry (laughs) sorry i have sorrow that you had to go through All three you guys got raised in that religious nonsense um i i never i never considered i never bought into any of the christian stuff so any of the like christian explanations for why things were here or reality i never bought into but i also was never an atheist either i i people were to ask me i would always have said like ever even when i was a little kid like i think there's something higher than us Mm -hmm. or i think that there's something more to just because the the idea that the, the literal interpretation of the Bible and the Christian explanation for why we're here was always so ridiculous to me. Like, there's mm. a God out here that and Satan, blah blah blah. It was always like that's that's silly. But then on the other side was the, the atheist side, which is there's nothing out here. It's just us. It's, and I was mm-hmm. like, that's equally as silly because mm-hmm. like that feels like another that feels like another religion to me mm-hmm. too. Those are, those feel like both like like fundamentalist beliefs is that there's some god out there that's creating everything and then there's also there's no there's nothing out there it's just us humans and it's just uh, so so i always said like i always i believe that there was something higher than us out there i believe that there was Mm -hmm. something more even before but i so i kind of have like a like almost like agnostic like i don't know exactly but i just have an intuitive sense that there's something more to to this whole experience than Mm. those two explanations
0: I love an eight-year-old agnostic. I love yeah. that. <laughs> right,
1: Kristen,
3: Kristen and I would say that. We would say, wow, Trace flew through the hyper-rational stage of development. Mm-hmm. He was there really early. He could see the I, I was absurdities just, and the inconsistencies really early. Yeah. I do distinctly remember we would discuss that with Trace. Like, oh yeah, he sees through. So with the kid who sees through the whole thing, then whatever you do...
1: Yeah, just let them mm-hmm. yeah they don't, did a good like, job they to... did a good job they just hands off just like yeah. let me yeah
2: it's so yeah, funny yeah. you remind me of my boyfriend because he went through confirm. I don't know the Catholic thing is it confirmation that happens around oh. like age 11 or so or something like that you get asked a
3: bunch of questions yes and, and then he they seat. did it in
2: front All of the, the church yeah they did it in front of the church I guess or whatever and it's like do you accept I don't know what they say like Jesus <laughs> basically what they're asking is like do you accept Jesus yeah. is like sort of a thing and he was just like no <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, no, I don't like, I don't, I don't buy it. Yeah, and his mom was just like, why did you have to do that to me? You could have just told me you didn't want to do it. And he was like, oh, I don't know, I just didn't, I never bought any of it all along. And that just, you know, we 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 operate differently. I think that's so interesting. I think that's awesome.
3: There's an interesting anyway. thing about your question. A parent does have an answer for every single question the kid is asking. The answer is how the parent lives. So, the problem for many people is, like you said, absolute truth, it all gets stuck up in the head in abstract conceptual terms. Mm -hmm. But whatever question the kid, your daughter is asking of the, if you move it to heart and embodiment, you do have some answer to that question. What happens when we die? Well, how do I live? I trust.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: I trust that death is, is like another beginning of some sort. That, that life is good and that when you die, whatever this is, is over, but something new begins. Or I mean, some, we could probably ask you a bunch of questions about every question your daughter is asking. Yes. And there's some <laughs> way that you live your life. So it's interesting when you're talking about like how you grew up, they separated these absolute things that you're supposed to believe, but then all the people who are talking about that, they actually live a particular way. Mm-hmm. They treat the earth <laughs> A particular way they think about economics a certain way they're raising their kid a certain you know what i mean mm-hmm. so as soon as you can get rid of that split between these abstract concepts objective truth absolute truth and how you actually live and just they're all an expression they're all ultimately bound then you can then it's a much more interesting discussion
0: well the idea that you and kristen were raising trace with kind of like you know It's your it's your call. You're asking questions. We're giving you the answers like you're discussing. You're not forced to participate or believe in all these things. The idea of opening up a child to just be truly themselves. And now here you come and you have this like old soul. You're you're able to just like transcend to a certain place quickly is so exciting to me to think about raising a kid to just be themselves
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) you you said that like it's the most (laughs) profound
3: and new idea ever I mean it 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 is is, to a certain extent you know because it's
0: like I I know exactly how you know I am I know who I am at the core to a certain extent but it's also ingrained with all the things that when I was you know two being told these like hard line facts of this is right this is wrong this is correct this is false and then you're trying to navigate through that but to not have that at all, you just get, like, this pure version.
2: Well, and to give parents some grace and maybe to, to you know, it's not like we don't, we all give our children's truths of some sort. We oh, say, this course, is wrong. Sure. This yes. is right. Yes. And a lot of that is subjective, you know. You could of say course. it's yeah. wrong for someone to act this way. You know, sure. it's right for, to do this. And it's like, so we are, we are... We are giving, imparting our truths onto our kids. Constantly. Sure. So, you know, oh, kids, of course. Kids, yes. need,
1: kids need frameworks but, and, and guidelines, but it's when the frameworks and the guidelines become like a hindrance to their actual growth and their actual curiosity. That's the thing that, because kids, everyone developmentally, everyone has different stages and there's certain answers that work in different stages. Like he was saying, like, you don't tell your three-year-old like, like right. deep, deep <laughs> metaphysical, existential, <laughs> you know, like you have to, you, you kind of lead them along, but mm-hmm. th- but there's a point where you take the training wheels off. And and you you give them a you give some, them some training wheels to help them grow and help them to answer some some questions they have, but then mm-hmm. you have to make sure that those what you're giving them doesn't become a a hindrance to their curiosity that was within them from the start. Right, sure. Yeah. Or
2: they know that they have the the option to question and change their mind and believe something different than yeah. mom and dad think. You yeah, know? right.
0: That's what I mean. Like one with that hard line where it's like, okay, the difference being if my daughter asks me what happens when you die, and I say I, I don't, I don't know. And let's talk about it versus, you know,
3: you join her in,
0: in the journey to figure this out versus this is exactly what happened from the beginning to the end. (laughs) And you can't ask a question. Anyone who says otherwise is wrong. Yeah. It's just, you know, just so different developmentally.
3: There is a huge thing that Kristen and I observed because I do remember when we were first married and then when Trace was born and then Preston's two years younger than Trace. And then Violet is 11, took a nine-year break, and then an 11-year-old. But I do remember us noticing how many parents said at some point, oh, and then they just stopped talking to you. Mm. And there seemed to be some moment that we noticed again and again where the kids and the parents stopped talking.
4: Hmm.
3: And we were like, oh, so apparently the goal is that we would always be talking. Mm. Like, if you could just keep talking. And then we rose, oh, because the kids start sharing what they're thinking, and the parent shuts it down. Or says, like, Billy got s- caught for shoplifting, and the parent freaks out, instead of, oh, well, why do you think Billy shoplifts? Or whatever it is. Does that, yeah. Is that something? from So, for mom and I, for mom and I, for Kristen and I, for mom <laughs> and I, I do remember us talking about that. Like, t- to be the kind of parent so they can tell you anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember Trace was very straightforward about what he thought about things and knowing just the goal just don't freak out
4: mm-hmm.
3: like it's just and we didn't like they didn't go to religious schools we lived on the other side of town from the church all that was very intentional oh. yeah. so we were just humans and that my work was helping people be more human and it was rooted in a particular faith tradition but that informs it the faith tradition wasn't the point the point was there are these ancient traditions that help inform and give you images and metaphors for what it means to be human Mm -hmm. um so there was that was a much that was a different thing that we've noticed in other people a lot of people didn't see it that way so some of that was all very intentional Yeah. yeah yeah
2: and i think some of i think all that comes down to two It's like self-awareness and evaluating ourselves. Like, when are we reacting? and How are we doing that? Right. I had a friend share with me the other day about how her daughter told her something that she did and she freaked out, but it was because she was worried that the daughter was going to hurt the friend's feelings and that friend's mom helps carpool. And then she felt guilty, (laughs) you know? She was like, oh my God, she was mean to the friend whose mom helps carpool, you know, like, (laughs) no, no, this is to carpool. (laughs) Right, exactly. And started and just kind of reacted and then took a minute and then was able to apologize to her daughter later and be like, hey, I reacted because of this fear and anxiety that I was having on right. my end that didn't really have anything to do with what you did. Mm-hmm. And just even being able to, that, that blew my mind that she even broke down for her child. Hey, mom was like reacting and I shouldn't have done that. And and I think that that, was, that, to, that to me was going hand in hand with what you're talking about of sort of. You know, even if you even if you mess up, just being like, hey, this is part of being human and we're all in this together. And then giving yes. your permission, therefore, by example, by modeling, like you're saying, <laughs> it's okay for you to do the same thing and mess up and, and admit yes. it.
3: Do you remember when you were 16 and oh, you no. came on tour with me? I was on tour with <laughs> Deepak Chopra and Elizabeth Gilbert on wow. an Oprah tour and right. Trace <laughs> came with me. Remember that? You were like, "I'm I want to come on tour with you. Yeah, so... We would, uh, I remember one night after the event, because in Oprah World, it's all these black SUVs, and Liz and I and Deepak and Trace are in. Um, one of those. Remember those? And I don't remember being. I don't remember. We being are in just in those like him, Escalade, but, but yeah, kind of, yeah. and, blacked um, out yeah. windows. And <laughs> Deepak is getting, and Liz is asking Deepak, and I are taking turns asking Deepak questions because we're like, we're gonna break this guy down because he's always just like take a deep breath. we all, you know what I mean? He's yeah, all just, the nature of consciousness is that is all. That, but we were like, oh, we're gonna this <laughs> we're guy's gonna, gonna be putty in our hands. So for us, it was just, <laughs> we're, gonna we're trying to get crazy. him like lose his mind, <laughs> yeah. like just to get him like to break. But he was doing stuff on the nature of consciousness and quantum physics. And I do remember we got we got back to the hotel and Trace- I remember this. Oh, yeah. And he gets <laughs> out of the car and Trace turns to me and says, that was cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, so that's, that's, that, that story, I don't remember that story. That's funny looking back at it. That was cool. When I was 16, I don't think I understood really exactly what Defock was saying. Now I do. So now it's funny to <laughs> think like, oh, I probably intuitively like picked up that like- yes. He was hitting out like some serious truth there, you know. And I'm like, Dave, yeah, I'd love to talk to Deepak now. That would be amazing. Like, we'll do that. We'll sort yeah, it yeah. out. Did yeah. you break him? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. finally. I
3: knew it took like weeks,
2: <laughs> really,
3: before I got him. To, I just kept asking him personal stories until he started telling me stories. And one time, he told me a story um, that he thought was the funniest thing ever, and he got he started laughing. Then he got like tears in his eyes and he couldn't stop. And I was like, <laughs> my like, work is done here.
2: <laughs> got him. <laughs> yeah. He didn't make him cry yeah. laughing or yeah. punch a wall. One and it of was the a two. story.
3: He told me a story about he and Jackie O. That wow. was his level of stories. <gasps>
0: How old is he?
3: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think he's 200 years He floats above the ground
0: and he just exists.
3: He has no age.
4: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: Well, Broads, I have learned in recent years that reading labels is key. Like, I can't stress enough how important it is to actually understand, or at least attempt to understand what's going uh, in our bodies and on our bodies. And I've been trying to do that more with everything in general, from the food I feed my family to the skincare products I use. Even my deodorant from Native had to pass that label test. And you know what absolutely does not pass the test is aluminum, which is the number one ingredient used in non-natural deodorants. And all it does is create a plug in your sweat glands to stop you from perspiring, which is both gross and not good. Yeah, Yeah, uh -uh, (laughs) not good. Uh, Needless to say, I'm fully on board with all natural deodorants. And after trying a fair share of brands, I've tried a Good amount of brands i feel like i've found a true
2: winner with native deodorant native comes in so many amazing smells too it's way beyond the basic powder fresh you're usually served from conventional brands they're available in the best scent combinations native has coconut and vanilla lavender and rose and my personal favorite is cucumber and mint very refreshing and like Jess mentioned it's made better meaning without any talc no parabens or sulfites Uh, Instead, Native uses ingredients you understand, things like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca
4: starch.
0: But listen, we get it. Some natural deodorants just don't cut it, but Native is so confident you'll love their product. Every order comes with free U.S. shipping plus... 30 day returns and exchanges. So go ahead and give it a try so you can see for yourself why so many people, including us, love Native. Uh, I would place a hard bet on the fact that you're going to love Native and absolutely want to keep it. I actually just got my family hooked. They were hardcore, non-natural Dio folks because they said it just didn't work that well for them. Well, cut to a few months of them with Native deodorant. They are completely sold. They are using it on the daily, feeling fresh.
2: We nice. love it. We love it. So do what we did, do what Justice family did, make the switch to Native <laughs> today by going to nativedeo.com slash chatty or use promo code chatty at checkout and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash chatty or use promo code chatty at checkout for 20% off your first order.
0: Well, believe it or not, I used to have this long, oh, this is fun. I used to have this long highlighted California Barbie type hair. And if you don't believe me, you can check out some of my past wedding photos for proof. (laughs) Uh, Far cry from my hair now, but years, and I mean years, of highlighting and sun damage, of course, left my hair a little bit damaged, a little bit sad, and post-baby, a little bit thinning. And that's why I've put a ton of care into protecting my hair and keeping it full of life and broads. Just recently started using Function of Beauty's customized hair care, and I am loving it so much. I swear, after I started using my uh, custom formulas from Function of Beauty, my hair has never felt softer or looked fuller simultaneously, and that was never an option for me. It was either if I wanted my thinner hair to look full, it had to be hard and full of product, but now with Function of Beauty, it has body, and it's still silky and shiny. Yes. not to mention
2: all of Function of Beauty's formulas are vegan and cruelty free and they never contain any sulfates, parabens or other harmful ingredients often found in hair products and let's be real, there's nothing more luxurious than knowing something is custom to you, I'm a sucker for it it makes the whole experience whether it's drinking a coffee or washing your hair feel so very elevated bougie broads baby so bougie <laughs> so, absolutely and listen
0: Function of Beauty's hair formulas are so personalized to you and your hair they're 54 trillion that is trillion with a t possible ingredient combinations it really does not get much more personalized than that so you can go online take their quiz uh, their quick hair quiz to help their team of experts determine your formula and they'll deliver your personalized bottles right to your door they even have your little name on them and you can pick fun colors and scents i mean it could not be more personalized I every time I hop in my bath or shower with my uh, my shampoo and conditioner, it just makes it
2: that much better. It really does. So what are you waiting for? Go to functionofbeauty.com slash broads to take your four-part hair profile quiz and you'll save 20% on your first order. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash broads for 20% off and let them know you heard about it from our show. That's functionofbeauty.com slash broads.
3: But that was, yeah. So tr- So Trace had... Was always having these sorts of experiences Wow I, yeah, I, don't, I don't remember that story but that, I, I, I like that story though I'm like <laughs> But I remember <laughs> him I was like I know, I, Trace, no like, taking it all I remember thinking Oh he's taking it all in Yeah He's just taking it all in yeah. It's all He's not missing a thing He would say things on a regular basis Where Christian and I would be like Oh my god he's not missing He doesn't miss a thing hmm So not I could just, just see like Do you like that? <laughs> yeah
1: I was like not a thing Not a damn thing
3: yeah. <laughs> I just I was like huh I wonder, what these, I wonder where that's all gonna go and now he's like one of my, like one of my teachers at some level.
4: Yeah.
2: What I'm hearing too is an absence of fear maybe. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. That's, that stuff doesn't get anywhere. Be, oh, I know what I was going to say about what you said earlier. The, the parent, if you freak out when the kid shares with you something, then they're not going to share with you next mm-hmm. time. So you, you right. have to be playing long game. So the kid, if the kid tells you something and your first thought is panic, you just communicate it to the kid, whatever you do, don't share me this stuff because I can't handle it. Right. So no matter what it is, you, unless it's like, hey, the house is on fire. I think some people are trapped. Okay. But other than obvious, like heroin, you know what I mean? Other Obvi- than obvious, you, ha- the goal is to be the person that your kid could tell you stuff and you wouldn't freak
1: out. And we'll celebrate your curiosity like to that's the big thing to me is that they that when parents shut down what their kids are telling them you have to celebrate and 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 find the beauty in their questioning and their curiosity even if it's stuff that you don't believe or stuff that you think because that will keep your kid coming back to you keep keep talking to you because you're actually you're you're finding beauty in the one thing that in in the thing that's most beautiful about life which is the the questioning of it and the, the getting to the root of it why we're all here the mystery of it but if your kid is coming up with the answers and trying to go on that journey and you're shutting that journey down, your kid is not going to want to go on that journey with you mm-hmm. and not going to want to share those things with you.
0: Yeah, that was actually in the book when you talked about curiosity. That was one of my favorite parts talking about it being like just just so anti despair and yeah, and looking for like the new day. And that was that was something that especially right now feels just so trying to explain to your kid. Like you know, so just so you know, uh, you can't go to school right now. You can't go outside and play because there's fire burning the hills. Like you gotta trying, wear a mask for
4: two reasons. <laughs> for two
0: reasons exactly. <laughs> and trying to have these conversations, and there's this this part of you that like you know it's it's when she then starts asking these questions, the fear place goes. I don't know how much I want to tell her because I don't want to scare her. Versus just talking about these questions and allowing for the ability to know that tomorrow
2: is going to be different. Yeah, can I read the, this uh, Please. The quote that you're talking about? Because Jess sent it to me. Um, curiosity is an antidote to despair. Despair is a spiritual disease of believing that tomorrow will simply be a repeat of today. Nothing new. But curiosity disrupts despair, insisting that tomorrow will not be a repeat of today. Curiosity whispers to you. Curiosity is the antidote
1: to despair? Mm-hmm. I love that.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm going to get that tattooed on my body, Rob. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I might get that first. Uh, right, right. Well, you yeah. think about how many people
3: who are thriving at some level and you start asking them questions. And generally what you'll come up against is some sort of line of inquiry. They're, pers- they're pursuing some line of inquiry. I wanted to see what it would be like to try to help these people. Mm-hmm. I want to try to create a space where these women would find out they're not alone. I wanted to do a thing where these inmates, hospital workers, Men from traumatic background, whatever it is, generally, when someone has that like, oh, they're on to something, underneath it all somewhere is this curiosity.
2: Even in business, you know? I was just going to say
3: business especially. Mm -hmm. The person thinks that we just want to make money and make a good product. No, you're curious to see if you can. Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
3: how many people build the business and then get bored because they answered their question. So they're trying to figure out we're making lots of money and everybody loves what I'm doing. And yet I'm the number of business people I meet who are experiencing like existential, almost like claustrophobia. And as soon as you could just point out to them, because you answered your question, Mm. you can do it. You could, you did it. You can make lots of whatever you, you showed your parent, whatever stuff you have in your head, whatever questions you had, you answered your question. And so the problem is the success is actually inoculated you against your question because you're like, well, this is what everybody wants. People will kill for this job. Great. Someone can have it. No one has to die. And then right. you can find your next question. Mm-hmm. Um, but so many times, curiosity is actually the engine and nobody realizes it.
0: It's so, yeah. It's, I remember uh, before the pandemic, I would go <laughs> the to old, the old world. <laughs> yeah, The old world. I would go to the comedy store all the time. And I remember uh, Joe Rogan was up. And it was like right after he had signed like, or it was right before he had signed like the 200 mil Spotify deal, but the man was made of money, right? Mm -hmm. Like biggest podcast in the world almost. And he goes up on stage.
2: Almost chatty broads
0: is number one. Number one. Yeah. Close, (laughs) close, (laughs) close to ours. Um, but (laughs) he goes, he goes up on stage, you know, everybody's a It's a whole thing. Everyone's erupting. He walks off afterwards and is just on the patio. And I'm kind of like, I'm on the patio too. I'm like tuning into his conversation and he's, Random fans are coming up to him and he's asking them a million questions. And I remember just being like, yeah. This is Joe Rogan, who I just listened to him have Bernie Sanders on. He's talking to Elon Musk, and this is a random, this guy's this random 55 year old like tax attorney. And Joe's like, Okay, so explain to me da-da-da-da. And he's asking him a thousand questions. And I was like, That's the secret sauce. Yes. Yep. That's the sauce. Doesn't matter how rich you are, how famous you are, genuine curiosity.
3: He's like that. And then every once in a while, the mic is turned on.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Exactly. And then you see that he was Joe Rogan before he was Joe Rogan. Right. Which a lot of people don't understand. They're like, oh, the person got famous. So they get, well, of course they have. No, no. Long before you ever heard of them, they were who they are. Hmm.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: Now you're just seeing what happens when you set your
1: course like that. And that's why the podcast is so big because it's authentic. It's really him asking questions like he actually curious, was. right? Yeah. It's like to regardless know. of if yeah. you can't stand the guy yeah. or not,
0: it's like he's sitting and he's just genuinely asking yeah. questions. And you can. It's not like I, he's sitting across being like, "Well, I'm an expert, and so I'm gonna."
1: Mm-hmm. No, he give comes across like, like an everyman. Too. An everyman just asking questions, asking all these interesting people questions, mm-hmm. and that's why the, the people relate to it so much. Yeah. Trace yeah. and I have
3: talked about this so much when people just endlessly talk about themselves <laughs> and how when you just begin with people are interesting then you go to that dinner party. I'm going to leave knowing your stories. Mm-hmm. Like my life will be richer mm-hmm. because I didn't just want to sit and listen to myself talk.
0: <laughs> right. The dinner yeah, party's not boring because no one asked me about myself.
3: Oh, <laughs> you know? right. When there's this whole world of drama and ache and pain and redemption there, everybody, it's like one inch below the surface. Everybody has this whole world of depth. Mm-hmm whether they're aware of it or not.
2: It's interesting because there's this dichotomy between that, you know, in that quote, you're saying that, uh, let me find it again. Because there was a part of it I thought was interesting. Oh, despair is the spiritual disease of believing that tomorrow will simply be a repeat of today, nothing new. Um, But curiosity insists that tomorrow will not be a repeat of today and what i was going to say was i think there's an interesting dichotomy between that and then at the same time we were talking about this last week the peace of knowing that at the same time there's nothing new like at all and how those things are like yeah at odds and also perfectly together at the same time we were talking about my favorite my favorite uh verse of the bible i'm going to misquote it but it's like um <laughs> what has been will be and what's done is done. And there is nothing new under the sun and the great sense of peace that that gives me all the time. And I'm like, it's not the end of the world. This is not the, this is not where civilization ends. I don't think. Um, <laughs> but it's like, you know, there's, there is nothing yeah. new. And, but at the same time that there is something new in every day. And that's just such yeah. a beautiful. Yeah.
3: I and think- you had talked about absolute truths or like one of the objective truths. One of them is if you're getting to truth you'll be bumping, always be bumping up against paradox or a dialectic in which two things that appear to be mutually exclusive are actually both true and they're talking to each other. So the known and the unknown. So what you were just saying about all of this has happened before and yet none of it has happened before, which is why in, a, in pretty much every tradition, the wisest ones use riddle, mm-hmm. parable, story, the cone. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're getting at actual truth, it'll probably be some sort of dance between two things that appear to be mutually exclusive. And yet somehow they're both true at the same time.
1: And and despair comes from thinking that tomorrow is going to be the same as today. There's nothing new. That's almost an answer of what tomorrow is going to be like. But spirituality is not about who has the best answers. Spirituality is about who can ask the best questions. Mm -hmm. Because spirituality is actually about questioning this mystery we, we all live in and we all, uh, the sp- spirituality is about the question about what pervades all this rather than giving it concrete answers so when people get caught in their minds and get caught in the, the answers and certainties it actually takes you away from real spirits real spirits about questioning the whole mystery and why we're here
2: did mm. you take that from confucius
1: no I, I took that i took that from me, that from me. <laughs> it's an original
2: trace. <laughs>
1: that's a deep cut that's a trace deep cut.
2: <laughs> yeah i felt
0: you know when i was reading and i think that it's especially you know a lot of our, our a lot of our listeners come from uh, evangelical Christian background um, similar to ours um, And when I was reading uh, and you brought up the uh, I felt shame and I'm like highlighting this like crazy because I feel like there would be such a connection for so many people reading this book when you explain it and I love when you said you were sitting in these church meetings and you respected the people and you love the people. But you don't want to be here.
3: This isn't my path. Good for them. I'm so glad they're doing this, but I got to go do my own thing. I got to do this other thing.
0: And that hit me like a ton of bricks because when we're talking about like, you know, truth and then knowing that you can respect, love, acknowledge that this is working for someone, but you can still feel very alone and in the wrong spot there. And that's, that's okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and for so many people, their own experience is so enmeshed with others that you have to just extract those. Like, they're doing that, great, that's their path. Mm -hmm. That works for them. Or they're trying to drag other people places they don't want to go. That works for them. They're not curious. The system, whatever it is, they're doing great, Mm -hmm. or whatever, or maybe they're miserable, but they don't see it. So, um, but that, that whole section in the book about the deep knowing that I had. And yet I was in a world that had a different knowing. And like you think about your listeners, how many have a deep sense of guidance and knowing and they haven't listened to it Mm -hmm. because the people around them were like, no, you're crazy. No, that's not. And then, or they sense something is off and then later it really was off and they knew it and they went along with it. So that's why you're hearing so many people talk about intuition it's because there's a giant collective reclaiming of deep knowing. And so many people were taught that that which is deepest within them is off. Original sin. Mm-hmm. You're, that which is deepest within you is wrong. Um, and so they were taught not to trust the Christ in them. The, the knowing that's present in every human being. So you're, And I, I would argue in the next, I'll predict in the next five, ten years, you'll see such a massive return to intuition as a central guiding because we have these built-in radars. Mm -hmm. You guys have them. You know. Mm -hmm. You know when you know and you know when you don't listen to it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're seeing. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's interesting, too, because some people will relabel things in order to invalidate their own intuition. So,
4: <laughs> right, you
2: know, it's like my mom, she's like, the Holy Spirit told me. And like, I have to listen to the Holy Spirit, but I can't listen to my yeah. heart. And right. it's like, yeah. well, maybe yeah. they're one and the same. Yes, exactly.
3: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And yeah, and, I, and and even think about how many people were like, we're doing something horrible to the earth. I know this. I've always known this. Mm-hmm. We're not taking good care of it. It's going to have massive consequences way way back earlier in the road was the time to start changing everything. So even collectively there's all these ways in which mm. we knew this was headed a certain way.
4: Mhm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think for for so many like you said the relabeling is like such is such a huge piece and reading and knowing that okay here you are in this position where you're talking about 10,000 people (laughs) and you're like, but I, this isn't where I want to be. And you feel, and you felt shame. And I know like for myself personally, um, in with my upbringing and I was in working at a church for numerous years and it was that moment where you're looking at the people going, I do respect you. This isn't an issue of me not thinking that you're a, a bad person or whatever. And I think that that can get convoluted a lot too is people going if I remove myself then that's me saying that they are wrong and wrong means bad Mm. and so then there's this fear of our family will break up I won't our friends they'll think that I think they're a bad person because I'm like this maybe just isn't for me
3: I had to keep going yeah I just had to keep going that's all it is
0: just truck through no
3: judgment I just had to keep going Mm -hmm. that's how it was like when I talk about at the when that chapter ended, and it was time to go do the next thing.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: it was just a chapter. You don't have to attach all this most people when something ends because it ended because it was wrong or bad instead of it ended because it was good. We were done. It's okay.
1: yeah, yeah, I love that story in the book that the the leaving Mars Hill, you left on a good it was a really good day. I think you, it was a baptism, right.
3: Oh, was it, just, yeah, knowing it was, knowing that chapter was.
1: Yeah. Like, it, he didn't, over. it wasn't that dramatic, like, leaving of, like, oh, it's, it's horrible. I need to leave. It, he left because there was, like, a, almost like a satisfaction. And, like, it was such a, the, your last day there was such a beautiful moment, you know?
3: Yeah. 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 There was like no it, scandal. It was a sense
1: of accomplishment. Like, he actually set out. <laughs> there is no other story. Yeah. It's yeah. just time to go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then like, as a child, then you felt it didn't feel like that tension. It was just like, it's just time to move on. Yeah,
1: it was never really that relevant to me. So like th- yeah. leaving the church was like, whatever, like, oh, we, mm. we have a church. Like, I, you know, <laughs> like I was, it, it really was, it's super weird to think about like, cause I just the church was never that. Like I went there some Sundays, not every Sunday, but it just was never that. It was dad's
2: work, dad's Yeah, job, it was just like, I like, kind of
1: went there and I was like, eh, what, I, don't, yeah, I think this, there's a church somewhere that my dad goes to. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> but even the idea, like if, I remember thinking from Trace's perspective, you get in your car with your mom and you drive across town and your dad is on a stage with thousands of people like even what do, you, what do you call that's like a you know what I mean what do you even call that I remember just so, so yeah. we just so the idea of any of that being normal we just were like very aware that's just sort of this surreal experience that we have mm-hmm. but then there's like our family and each other and our friends and, and us like moving through life together and walking this path together that's actually the thing That's where all the real stuff's happening.
2: Well, maybe there wasn't any drama of you leaving because you left when you were supposed to leave. You know, maybe sometimes people don't listen to their intuition of when it's time to move on. And maybe that's what leads to to the drama and the upheaval.
3: Every time anywhere in the world, I will say to a crowd, how many of you at some point stayed too long? A relationship, a job, whatever. How many of you at some point Every single hand goes up. I was like, how many of you, there was a moment when it was time to go or end it and you didn't and you stayed later and then it soured and got awkward. Every hand goes up. How many of you like can name these dates like to the week or the day? And it's unbelievable how precise, I'll be like anybody and somebody be like, "I uh, I stayed nine weeks, stayed 10 days. Like people are incredibly precise about this. I think that's wow. fascinating. Yeah,
0: that they have the exact number. And then, and then
3: the question is, how many of you stayed because it was safe, comfortable, known, or you were scared of what people would say? And, and like, it's just this universal experience. And I think in the book, I talk about how it's tied. You think about our, our ancestors were, lived in these agricultural settings where you had seasons. Mm. We're not angry with winter. It's just over. Now mm. we have spring. Um, and nowadays you can live so, you can live so detached from the seasons. It's just cycles, concrete yeah. mm-hmm. and fluorescent. Pardon?
2: Oh, from the cycles. I was just saying, right, yeah. Right,
3: exactly. You can now live so divorced from so many of the rhythms that a season is actually like a foreign concept as opposed to how it used to be where this is, we're just in the season yeah. and it'll be done. Right. No judgment.
2: I mean, even what we put in our bodies doesn't reflect the natural rhythms of the world around us. Right, well, we don't tomato, eat seasonal it's food. It's
3: Minnesota. It's 3 a.m. <laughs> right. What is this tomato doing here?
2: Right. right. Or this banana from Jamaica in yeah. December. Yes. Like, that's not...
3: Yes, exactly. It's not how it's ever... It's always been like, it's fig... We have a fig tree. It's the three days of the year when the fig tree just goes off.
4: Yeah, it's like there's rotting figs right, everywhere right. in we your have yard. lemon
3: tree that's about to do its thing. It, like, shows off and makes these bonkers lemons. But, like, every... These, plants in our yard are like so tune us in oh yeah the lemon thing's coming yeah Mm -hmm. and then it'll be over and then there won't be any lemons for a while (laughs) yeah i know so much of it is such ancient like how it always was and then we're living in this strange weird fluorescent air-conditioned heated cement thing thinking that we're somehow advanced that's normal yeah Yeah, (laughs) right Right. Yeah. We this have is blue
2: normal. light glasses so that our brains <laughs> yes. aren't triggered by the blue light <laughs> so at 11:00. When
1: go back to normal, I just want to know things go back to normal, <laughs> yeah.
0: so I can stare at the screen for <laughs> 17 hours a day. Mm. Oh my god, it's so true. um Okay, so I can we talk about spirit? Yes, because that was obviously. I mean book is called everything is spiritual but spirit is so we've
2: been talking about spirit technically I mean we have time
4: been.
0: <laughs> so true um, but can you can you describe
2: spirit
4: yeah
3: well uh, some would say like animating energy
4: mm-hmm.
3: like somebody says I can't make it but I'll be with you in spirit so they're saying there's something about their essence that will be present with you um, everything is Spiritual. It's so over the top, the title, but it's also sort of my life work in some ways. It's like this message I've just been giving variations of my whole working life. Um, I wanted to, people to have this sense that there's depth. There's depth to these experiences that we're having. And that for many people, it's all surface. It's just, well, there's there's economics, there's money, there's politics, there's... Um, but one way to think about spirit is the depth of all of life. So, what's happening politically? Well, underneath it all, many systems are built on lack and scarcity. And those are all spiritual questions. What's the nature of the universe we're living in? Mm-hmm. And that spirit is this animating energy that makes everything, it's moving through everything. And you can connect with, listen to, organize your life around, become more aware of spirit in this moment and the new thing that's coming about. So one of the things I'm intentionally doing in the book is giving you like 19 different ways, a hundred different ways to think about spirit so that you come to see not a cold dead universe where is there any good here? Right. As opposed to like an experience we're having that is jammed with wonder and mystery everywhere you look. Um, which is, to me, just, it's a better way. It's a better story. <laughs> yeah?
0: Yeah. It was, <laughs> when I was reading it, I, I was thinking because um probably, I don't know, about a year ago, my husband and I were talking, and, and he, his, his big question is always like, I don't, I didn't have that thing. Like, you know, uh, when you, for instance, talk about like, you know, you feel that like pulse there's something there there's something more and my husband's always just like i just don't i don't feel that way
3: he's a musician uh-huh so i would just start like i would literally just go with him yeah but you've had music in your bones right anyway keep going no
0: i'm saying when, when you were saying the <laughs> 19 ways to describe spirit i was just like here just read this because it was like okay there's so many different ways and you kind of have this this, you know, certain small scope because of, you know, how we were raised or whatever, that is how it looks. It's like, no, that doesn't necessarily mean when we're saying everything is spiritual and your brain goes, well, I don't feel that like, you know, that thing where like, I knew at one point that there is a God and like, I didn't have this wild experience. But when you're talking about when you listen to a song and the difference between listening to it and feeling the song and like that being spirit.
3: Oh, and so many people have had profound experiences of waking up and spirit, but they came from worlds that had so narrowly defined all this. Hmm. So the number of people who are like, I can't get into that religious stuff, but I go out in nature. Yeah, of course. Right. Music, of course. Love, having a, like, uh, the people who work with their hands and create things, build things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, it's an experience of the depths of life. An experience of something moving through you. Yeah,
0: I oh, was yeah. thinking about your second birth when I was reading it mm. because Becca, with specifically with her second
2: birth, had this like really like it oh. was just crazy. It was like really, um, it's like a really satisfying like really. Good experience. It was like we had it. it was in at my home. but it was like after all of this pain that I had been going through with contractions for like six or seven hours when I could actually feel like my son coming through my body, it was like amazing. I was like, I'm about to meet him and this is like the birth of a new life into the world. And I was experiencing all of that like in real time and I was smiling and laughing. Throughout the whole experience of like him literally being born on my body, and I was I, you, there's a video of it. I'm She's laughing, just laughing,
4: it. At it. Yeah, I was so born. happy,
2: um, and I, that was definitely a very spiritual experience, and of course, one of the most profound spiritual experiences. Absolutely, of life. you
1: see how the exp- you see how the experience went beyond words. It almost went beyond. It was so beautiful. It almost went beyond any language that you could categorize. Oh it. yeah. So there's, there's a there's an exercise I like that con- that connects me with spirit because like I said, spirit, spirit goes beyond words and it goes beyond the labeling and it goes beyond the mind. So how about, and spirit is with us at all, uh, at all times. So uh, an exercise I like is how about I take this experience that I'm having right now and I remove all the labels and And the language that my mind gives it. Mm. So I can look at this experience right now and go, okay, I'm sitting in a, I'm sitting in Highland Park. I'm sitting in, I see these walls. I see all this stuff because I'm sitting in a garage in Highland Park and it exists and someone bought it. But, but you see how I'm, when I'm looking at this experience and I'm looking at these beams and and I'm taking in all the sensory data, my mind is giving me stories about why it's here. Mm -hmm. Okay. But how about I go beyond the mind and how about I actually look at this experience and actually Sit in the fundamental mystery of the fact that there is even something here at all. Like, so instead of just looking at this room and knowing why I'm in this room, and oh yeah, I'm, I'm trace, I'm this body that came. In this, how about just the fact that I'm e- there is even experience right now is rather weird. I don't people yes. don't people don't acknowledge people don't acknowledge that weirdness enough. We all we kind of go with, with these. We have these these notions and these these reasons for why we're here, and oh yeah, you know, I was born a while ago, and now I'm I'm living my life, and I I, I exist at this body, but you don't actually. There is a you within you that is having an experience. There is a you within you that is something is happening to. And that is rather weird. Well, it makes
0: minutia not minutiae anymore. Exactly. You're like, I'm standing alive right now. This uh,
1: you is are, wild. You are existing and having an experience right now, with, which is rather weird. And there's yeah. a fundamental mystery. That's why I say spirituality is about who can ask the best questions, which is why is this here? What is this? And instead of actually answering it with your mind, just sit with that. an experience Sit with it. that. Sit with that actual mystery instead mm-hmm. of, oh, I'm having this experience because X, Y, and Z happened. Rather just, why, why is all this here? Or you know? even just
2: like removing the signifier from the signified, you exactly. know, like you're talking about. It's like, maybe it's even just, boiling, instead of making all these assumptions about what's around us, it, it really shows the power of words. We had a conversation exactly. last, or two weeks ago, um, with two transgender individuals and we were talking about the importance of pronouns. Mm-hmm. And it was just making me think of how the labels that we give ourselves, the labels that other people give us, really do impact the way that we experience the world. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they said is, if other people use the labels for me that I want, then they can begin to see me in the way that I want to experience the world. I sort of like threw that off. But basically, if I'm starting to call you something, then I am shifting my perspective to see you in the way that you like want to be seen. And I just think that's so interesting because it can be applied to so many different parts of life. Like you're talking about just... Stripping away all of the assumptions of what's going on around us, or you know, even with birth, which I'm really big on, you know, stripping away even the words of like contraction, painful, all these other things that we associate mm-hmm. just as given, just the, the, the assumptions that we make of like, this is just the way things are. Mm-hmm. We can remove that instead of replace it with curiosity of like, what am I experiencing and, and the in beauty, my body and my mind. The
1: beauty of your child being born was it was the, the being of your child. There's a fundamental being. To existence, like they, right. they went beyond words. So, if you can remove the labels and actually sit in the beauty of the actual being of this experience, the fact that there is there's a hand right here. There's this hand as a being right here. And if I label it, oh, this is just this is just Trace's hand that I'm just looking at. You know, there's a reason why this is here, rather than just wow, the the mystery of the being of it right here, the, the mystery of the experience, because that is that is really the spirituality's being. It's the yes. it's the fundamental being of life, and that's really what's so beautiful about it. Well, and a bean can bring a new bean into being. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Crazy.
0: <laughs> well, what in the book, when you were starting to talk about some quantum physics, can you lay some of that shit on us? Because oh, yes. I was lying in bed reading the book just like this afterwards, and I was just like looking
2: at the walls. <laughs> That's and my favorite I was just part like, of the book, actually. Oh my God, the particles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wait, can you summarize it, Trace? Because you said I, it's your favorite part of the book. Oh, yeah, I, I don't want to steal too much. much. <laughs>
1: Do you, you want to no okay, okay we all want to hear you so okay. we all want to hear the you The reason i the reason i love quantum physics so much and the reason i love that part in the book so much is because it, it helps understand being on such a different level because you see what see it science science is super boring to me it's like science talk is always like yeah whatever whatever but quantum physics is really interesting to me because quantum physics if you break it down is everything exists all, all, everything that you see and observe exist are particles particles moving and what quantum physics shows us is that before you observe something there that those particles have endless possibilities there there's endless possibilities until you observe them and then they choose one of those possibilities hmm. so so when you the the world so we operate within this 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 framework where th- there's a world that exists independently of us See we exist as these bodies and there's there's this world independent of us that just exists without our observation but what but you What quantum physics shows us is that there's endless possibilities and we only see one of those until we observe it. So the big paradigm shift is that the world actually relies on your observation. So instead of your existence actually relying on the world's existence, the world's existence actually relies on your existence. Yeah, sure. Because what
2: exists outside <laughs> so of these what exists outside of these walls? Exactly. Right now? We're because, literally not experiencing anything past these walls. Exactly. So
1: the only experience, How we doing? so the the only reality bag that exists. I know <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot. The only reality that actually exists is is what you're observing right so now. Yeah. Exactly. Right now. So not even what only, did we
2: experienced, you know, an hour ago or correct, two hours ago. Right.
1: Yes. Yes, because the the world out there exists as endless possibilities until I look at it and then it chooses one of those. So it's a, that's a big paradigm shift for people because you see how we grow up thinking that we exist within these bodies and there's a whole world that's disconnected from us and independent of us and it creates this fundamental disconnection in our lives that, oh, I'm just here in this world, but I exist and there's this whole world that's independent of me and not... Not reliant on me And that allows us That fundamental separation is the, is, the sep- is the belief of separation That allows us to then Separate other parts of our lives So it allows us to go This, this part of our, my life is spiritual But this part's not spiritual See there's, there's spiritual people And there's not spiritual people There's spiritual things And there's not spiritual things But you see what quantum physics shows us Is that everything is spiritual Because everything relies On your observation
2: Okay but at the same time How does that not Okay how does <laughs> How does that not then fuel how how do we stop that from from fueling a sense of narcissism of like my that you know how what i experience informs my reality and like that's you know what i mean like like so the separation 7
3: billion other people i was going to say because right. because mine too mm. <laughs> You're, no because just
2: the that sense of like empathy i mean cuz
3: yeah or solidarity or community or it heightens the sense of Oh, our common bonds are, like, really, really central to all of this. Mm. So it heightens. Yes, how are you doing now with quantum physics?
0: I mean, now my brain is, you know, you think about the fact that you're talking about the particles and, like, they don't make a a determination until you acknowledge them. Mm -hmm. And then, to me, like, my thought is that breaks down narcissism even more because it makes your role really, really fucking valuable. Like, (laughs) like... What you do affects things.
2: Wait, no, but that's what Absolutely. you say. Knowledge affects you see things. The, you see the paradigm
1: shift from "I'm this, this insignificant being that exists in this wor- this huge world, and everything goes on, and I just exist for the small amount of time." Rather, you 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 shift that, and you 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 take the power back, and you go, "No, actually, everything relies on my observation." Wait, so the- then
2: how does that not how does that break down narcissism?
3: Here's one way to think about it. The question is, what's everything made of? So, roughly late eighteen hundred for a th- couple thousands of years. Philosophers had this idea of that which can't be divided. There must be an atom, some sort of smallest unit, building block. Then 1890s-ish, that for the first time they identified atoms. But then they discovered, oh, an atom is actually made of smaller pieces called particles. And then they discover with new technology discovered you could actually split those small particles. Then with even newer technology discovered, you could even split the particles that make the particles that make the particles that make the atoms. So with each new particle in, that has been discovered, they discovered there's even, you can break it down even smaller. So as opposed to growing up, you wondered how, how infinite the universe is out, quantum physics raises the question, how infinite is it in?
4: Mm.
3: Can it just keep being split? So when you get down to the subatomic particle level, these tiny bits and pieces of energy. Um, they've discovered that these tiny, tiny, tiny particles can come into existence and then disappear and they don't know where they come from and where they go. So uh, your shoes our bones. This wall are made of atoms. Atoms are made of particles and particles in their essence are relationships of energy. So the couch that you're sitting on ultimately is a relationship of energy. So the universe is not static objects arranged in empty space Mm -hmm. the universe is ultimately a relationship of energy which is an exchange which is a coming and going so you think about the self you exist in this infinite set of relationships so no wonder that person was draining (laughs) or no wonder that experience sucked the life out of you you're you're a relationship of energy interacting with other relationships of energy. So all the people who are like, I'm just really into, I think relationships are really important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, are yeah. one. And then you think about matter, the idea of stuff, wood, stone, brick, bone, is all ultimately made of atoms, made of particles, which is ultimately, so the, re, the universe at its core is energy in relationship. So that just is a very different way to understand, no wonder all these experiences affect us like they do Mm -hmm. i mean you you know when you're not safe Mm -hmm. how do you know this unless you are this relationship of energy highly aware of all of these things so that so quantum physics has so profoundly created this revolution of how we even understand the universe that we're living in from the observation of the particle affects what the particle even does. A, an atom, in many ways, is a cloud of possibilities. So there's uncertainty baked. We don't exactly know what all these particles are going to do in the next millisecond. So we have probabilities, which is how you make a flat screen TV. Like you could, but there's also a great deal of unknowing baked into the whole thing. Uncertainty is the word they use for it.
2: Mm.
3: Yeah, I know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know. it's
2: like yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> uh, no, I was gonna say well this is what I want to hear. To wrap it all up, Trace, why should people buy and read your dad's book? <laughs> um,
1: I think that people should buy and read my dad's book because the best thing about this book is that everyone takes something different away from it. Wherever someone is, mm-hmm. it's it's written in such a way that there's so many different, it speaks to, that's, that's been my favorite part of, of seeing people react to this book is yeah. seeing what it meant to each person. Hmm. Different people are at different spots in their life and different people have different questions. And I, the the honesty at which he he tells his narrative and his j- journey resonates in a way that people take different things, people take s- different things out from it and have different, has the impact that it's had on, on the different impacts that it's had on people have been really fun to watch. Mm. Um, and I think it's, it's a profound timeless lesson that everything is spiritual and mm. one that is especially needed in this time. It will, it will always be needed because like I said, it's timeless. Um, but uh, yes this this book is it, it speaks to so many different parts of you and, and s- people at so many different uh, areas and it, it's, it's just a it's a great book right now yeah
0: I mean oh, could you <laughs> ask for more <laughs> yeah, <but> just <laughs> I'm, like I'm, on the sleeve my work like, is done here
3: I'm done <laughs> it's fantastic
0: uh, well is there anything that you want to say before just please plugging away about this book it's so great
3: coming out here and talking to you guys
0: it's so nice. Yeah, that's one,
3: so that's what I have to say. It's so much fun. Yeah, it was great. You, you, you ask great questions, and I love, I just love what this whole world you've created. It's ma- amazing.
0: Thanks. Well, thank you, and the Broad love Squad loves you. Broad Squad, remember.
3: Oh, shout Hashtag out to the Broad <laughs> Squad.
4: Like
0: <laughs> Broad <laughs> <laughs> Squad. <laughs> They're powerful, right? Yeah. <laughs>
3: Man, they come oh, in they
0: come in so <laughs> you have a podcast that they can check out as well the
3: Robcast yes
0: the Robcast we will link it um, we will link Everything is Spiritual the book also now on Audible you can listen to Rob read it himself
3: yeah oh and uh, we released a couple weeks ago An Introduction to Joy the new film
0: did you really? okay so I saw I'm gonna I saw it IRL At, in uh, Highland Park. Oh, did you? I did.
3: The night we filmed? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So
0: am I in the the footage? (laughs) Oh, Yeah. Um, so you're in it. Great. Hey, I hope by the way, I can't even tell you you're tight, in a film. <laughs> I hope there's a tight cameo. Um, but I will highly recommend that. That was That's great. I'm glad that I can watch it we now because you YouTube. were talking about it. You put it on awesome. YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Because I took one of our dear friends who, um, in the current season, um, you know, because we went and saw it around December and her father passed away around December a few years mm-hmm. ago. So it's always a tough time for yeah. And I saw Introduction to Joy and I'm like, well, this seems like a. Timely thing to take her to. And um, when I say it's timely now, specifically, I don't think I can be more emphatic about that. So I would definitely check that out. Great. Um, and yeah, anything else? It's wonderful. Anything else? Oh, so nice. Thank you, Trace, yeah, for joining. us no,
3: this was such a This was such a blast. It was was so I'm fun. like, hey, my son will be with me, and we show up, and there's an extra mic. I love it. There we go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, thank you both so much, Broads. Everything will be in the episode notes below that you can check it out. Link, buy, purchase, all the what, and yeah. uh, we'll yeah. chat soon. Chat soon.